What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Good. That Is it sounds, good. That sounds good. How's it taste? Oh, it tastes uh, delicious. Hey, this is Jamie from Fully and Completely with Greg and Jamie, and I am super excited to tell you about our first sponsor, Long Slice Brewery. Located in East Toronto, Long Slice has been brewing beer and winning awards since they started in 2014. You just heard Greg enjoy one of their delicious Hops de la Vista India Pale Ales. I, on the other hand, prefer Loose Lips Vienna Style Lager. In the summer, though, I couldn't get enough Aloha Friday, which is a hibiscus-based pale ale. Listen, at the end of the day, it's really good beer. So before you listen to this podcast, head to your beer purveyor and seek out Long Slice Beer. You're going to love it. Hi there, this is Greg Legro, And this is Jamie Dew. Of Fully and Completely. Um, You're listening to... <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fully and Completely, a podcast where we are going through the albums of the Tragically Heavy. We're going to talk about them track by track, what was going on in Canada at the time of the release of the albums, pop culture, music, everything surrounding the release of the album in 2004 this time. My name is Greg Legro. I'm looking at Jamie Doo. How are you, buddy? You know, I'm a little disappointed that it can't be Nashville every night, but... Uh, that's true. Yeah. I have that same problem. Right? Every day. Good God. Yeah. Could you uh, could you do me a favor and help me introduce our guest? Oh my God, we've got a guest. We got a guest. Holy, this is big. This is big. Sitting across from us right now at our table is Toronto blogger and podcaster. I mean, I don't even know. Do, do I refer to you as Toronto Mike? Toronto Mike, uh, Your Highness, if you don't mind, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mr. Toronto Mike. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Sir Toronto Mike. Oh, please. there you go. <laughs> Welcome to Fully and Completely. I'm I'm really happy to be here. This is a cool setup, and uh, I, I actually love your show. Like uh, your show, I have a. I'm going to say a shout out to Tyler Campbell, who he maintains the kick out the jam spreadsheet, which only means something to Toronto Mike listeners. Right. It's very inside baseball. But we had a plan. This is going back a few months now. We had a plan to launch a tragically hip podcast. Like it would be part of Toronto Mike'd, but it would be a series within Toronto Mike, like Russian Dolls. And mm-hmm. this would be every episode we would discuss a different tragically hip album. Okay, <laughs> at the Sounds time we had never familiar. heard of you guys. I don't even know if the dates. Maybe you hadn't even launched. I don't know. We hadn't heard of you, and we had meetings at a brewery discussing all of this. <laughs> Those and are serious meetings when yeah, they're yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're like, okay, we're planning out, we were going to have big famous guests for each album. Okay. Mm-hmm. Almost as famous as I am. Right? Big, <laughs> big names. <laughs> and then at some point, Jamie, you reached out to me somehow. Uh, yeah. Was, yeah. And I listened and I remember the day I was, I go, I'm going to listen to this podcast because they're doing what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And I went into the podcast kind of tiny bit hoping it would suck like just a tiny bit like <laughs> oh let's hope this sounds like a couple of couple of dummies in their crappy external laptop speaker and let's hope it's bad and then we'll do it right this is my idea and I, so, I remember i was dming with tyler and i'm like um this is great like this podcast uh sounds professional Jamie, you sound great, but Greg, he's a ringer, right? He's a pro? Is oh he my a God. voiceover actor? 
be honest with me. That's what I said. I, 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 when, as soon as I hear his voice in my earphones, I'm just like, oh, so nice. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, my goodness. See, right? And I'm, So it sounds good. Who's doing the editing between you two? You, Jamie? That's Jamie. Okay, well, well prepared. It sounds good. The content is great. You even do what I had uh, this idea. Like, we can talk about the time it was released. Like, if an album was released in June 20, 2004, we can discuss what was going on at that time. We can talk what music was popular, what movies were number one at the box office. Like, we can talk about the big news of that week or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I had all this mapped out. And then I, I told Tyler, I said, Tyler, I said, I want to do something with you, and we've eventually changed on what we're going to do. But I said, we can't do this because these guys in, that are east of Young in East York are doing it uh, as well, probably better than we do it. And we don't need two of these, I said. I, so basically, you guys were so good, I had to alter the blueprint for this uh, series of Tyler. True story. Oh, wow. wow. Thank you. That's yeah. very flattering. Yeah, incredibly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well. Um, Where do we go from here? I don't know. Where do we go? Just yeah. shut the book. Just wrap Let's... it up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Pretty good album. See you the later. Stops. <laughs> um, Where do we go from here, Greg? We go to June 29th, 2004. How about oh that? Oh, my God. Yeah. Perfect. Hip albums land right in the sweet spot. of like, let's go out to the cottage. Let's get ready for some summer. Yeah. Driving with the windows down. Um, so it is 2004. Let's talk a little bit about the climate of what's going on. Sure. Um, there's some fun stuff. Uh, let's get into a little sport right off the top. Yes. Because I have it right here. Um, this is back-to-back years of Game 7s for the Stanley Cup Finals, which is exciting when you can get the, the full stretch. This one, kind of a heartbreaker, uh, as I remember, and when I was talking to at the time. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning over the Calgary Flames. I uh, was rooting for the Lightning because I passionately uh, root against all Canadian-based franchises because uh, I am of the opinion that when the next time a Canadian team wins the Cup, it's my team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm -hmm. So I rooted against uh, Edmonton when they had that run. I rooted against Calgary. I rooted strongly against... Ottawa, yeah, right. uh, um, Vancouver and that game, Luongo and uh, against uh, the Bruins, I think it was. Rooting for uh, the Bruins. I, I'll, I'll root for any t- the team against the Canadian franchise. Wow! Because until it's the Leafs, this this is how I feel. I know this Listen, is. I, I don't know that. if it makes That's me un-Canadian. Right. Yeah, I'm just really pro Leaf, like yeah. passionately. Well, his name pro-leaf. is Toronto Mike, not Canada Mike. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> All right, that's true. <laughs> Let it be noted. <laughs> Um, and so uh, that's pretty good. So and one more up. thing. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you're talking about June 04. We yeah. have to point out this is only uh, a month removed from the very last time the Toronto Maple Leafs played a second round uh, playoff game. So Ed Belfour is between the pipes. We we beat the Senators in seven games in the first round mm-hmm. in 04, which I'm guessing this is around April, I guess that is. And I guess we're in the second round against the Flyers, and this bleeds into May. Oh, I we, remember we that go out, We go out in, against the Flyers, and we, we lose. But that is the last time a Toronto Maple Leafs team advanced past the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. Oh. I, that, that series devastated me. That was horrible. Yeah. Uh, I was watching, I watched us lose in, uh, what's that stupid bar on uh, Carlton? Can I tell one more quick story? Because you yeah, just reminded yeah. me of that just part. Sadness. Finn okay. McCool's. Finn McCool's. Finn McCool's. Right, okay, right. so here we are. The night of that game seven, I was with my sketch group and we were performing at the Rivoli. We were doing a show before we hit the road to head to Los Angeles. We were going to join the Groundlings and we we're going to do all sorts of amazing things that summer. And we show up and we're ready to roll. And they have in the back room, 
they have the leaf game on. And they're like, as soon as the leaf game is over, the comedy will begin. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're amped. We're like, the Leafs can pull this out. This is going to be the best room ever. <laughs> well, we, we already know we've, we've spoiled, spoiled the outcome. The Leafs did not come through. That was the worst set we ever had. We drove to L.A. from that night on. Wow. We broke up on the way there. Oh, my God. Yeah. So we had already booked, uh, <laughs> booked spots with the Groundlings and stuff like that. It, was a, it, was a, it just sucked. The summer just was devastating. Wow, that's intense, man. Yeah. yeah. You know, the whole show should just be June 2004. Right? Like, that's <laughs> right. the show. I, keep, I have a lot more, man. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm going to shift us over to uh, the CFL here. So CFL corner. Th- this is this is a good CFL one to talk about. This, All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. CFL corner. Uh, this is a big one. Argonauts Ooh, okay. against BC Lions. All right. um, both winning teams too on their seasons, which, which is, is nice. Which is always which good in, had the, a, in the final. Quite a, quite a few Grey Cups with the teams with losing records. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah. Not only one team, sometimes two teams with losing records in the Grey Cup final. Um, but this is the uh, winning teams: uh, Argonauts and Lions. Argos winning. Wow. Twenty-seven nineteen. Uh, Michael Clemens, pinball, was our coach at the time. Just Holy shit. Super cool. Yeah. Um, our MVP is Damon Allen, yeah, a, a journeyman yeah. uh, Hall of Fame quarterback. Marcus Amazing. Allen's brother. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, and it's, this took place in Ottawa. And more importantly, halftime show. Tragically, tragically hit. They That's issued right. a disc uh, that, because my, uh, like she was my wife at the time, her father was at this, this game. And they, everyone got a commemorative uh, Tragically Hip CD, and it had mm. two songs on it. It definitely, definitely had uh, Gus the Polar Bear from Central Park on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember if it was Summer's Killing Us. I can't remember. But uh, I got, I, I, I still have it somewhere in a crate somewhere, but this commemorative That's CD awesome. from the Tragically that Hip. That is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this week, um, so obviously we've expanded beyond June 04 because uh, the Great Cup happens in like November, November. right? That's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just want to point out that uh, one month from this release date, so on July 29th, 2004, not only is my beautiful daughter Michelle born that oh, day, wonderful. but my nephew Xander is born the exact same day. So I have a nephew that was born the same day as my daughter. That is oh, far which out. Is, which is hard to yeah. do, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, hard, yeah. Hard, yeah. hard to line that up. <laughs> that's so good aim. They're like, yeah, yeah <laughs> they're cousins with the same birthday. They're both in grade nine now. Uh, that's oh, really wow. cool. Nice. Um, let's talk a little bit about what was going on musically yes. in uh, 2004. Oh, I'm very curious. It is. I mean, we are, uh, the, the point of, um, fads that we're all kind of on board with, we're all sort of doing the same thing. That's gone out the window. There isn't like one genre necessarily topping the charts or, uh, consuming everyone's interest. Um, uh, and the, I, I grabbed the billboard. Uh, year oh, end wow, okay. for this year too just to kind of make a little point about how things have really changed quite a bit so the big albums that critically acclaimed what we were all talking about with each other anyway um, American Idiot Green Day was yep. going on which that was, uh, that was a giant record big record big yep. comeback for them yep. I was never well I didn't so I, oh, Dookie's amazing. It, yeah. I had Dookie, and I I, that Dookie. was fine. Yeah, like I really like Longview, and then everything after that oh, kind of really. That's yeah. a great yeah. tune. Yeah. Um, and I just lost interest after that. And uh, I mean, this was fine, but this stuff was a little. I felt like I mean, I was glad that someone at least was being political in this time period because there wasn't a lot of political music happening in the wake of what was going on. No, in the news, you would think there'd be a little bit more pushback, but there wasn't very much. So at least someone was doing something, you know. 
other than Neil Young. Uh-huh. Um, the Killers' big album is this year. Hot Fuss. There is their debut. I assume it's their debut. That is their debut. Yeah, yeah there was yeah. a there's a series of debuts this year that yeah. were sort of yeah, it's a big one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, big big uh, college dropout. Kanye West. Right. Oh, yeah. Here's where it all begins. And that's, that's the right. Jesus Walks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the big uh, breakthrough. Huge, huge album. Yeah. Um, and everyone liked him so much then. They did. And he had much different political opinions then. Ask Mike <laughs> Myers. Um, right. Franz Ferdinand dominates uh, the, a push towards the indie pop thing that's coming. That's right. That's about to really be a thing for a Take long, long time. Take Me Out is still one of the great uh, great jams of all oh, time. Yeah, 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 it's, it's a like great two songs in one. Yeah, for sure. It is two songs in one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, nice. I just make that point all the time. Yeah, yeah. They could have just extended that first bit. That's your song. That's a hit. Oh, yeah. And then you have your second song. But no, they yeah, said, yeah. let's just go big or go let's home. Let's change that tempo. <laughs> let's get a little funky. Let's have a nice time. <laughs> great jam. Um, funeral, Arcade Fire. Big, wow. big album here. Where obviously. are you on Arcade Fire? Where am I? Yeah. Who doesn't love Arcade Fire? I don't know. I just wondered. No, they're fantastic. And the, yeah. they, that song, Wake Up, uh, still like one of the great Canadian songs of all time. Oh, Agreed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So good. Uh, Dynamite album, Start to Finish Funeral. So, so good. Um, here's one I've, I've kind of talked about a bit here and there with some other people, but uh, Beastie Boys to the Five Burrows. Yeah. Um, different tone for them because this is in a post 9-11 world and they didn't, as they said, being New Yorkers and being right down there, their studio is right near Ground Zero. Now, look, we didn't really feel so, you know, funny. Uh, so we did a kind of different record and it is a little bit more mature as an album. Um, that's got the ch- ch- check it out. That's right, and it's got a big, huge single to come off the right off the right. top. And but it is an album that does, you know, this is uh, two thousand and four, and they're talking about uh, toxic masculinity and gun control on here. So I haven't given that record enough time. I, well, you know, I didn't either because it was, it was the first Beastie Boys album that came out for me that wasn't either high school or college, so it wasn't a social album right. I, you know, I listened to it you in had, my room you, alone you didn't have and, people to bounce it off no because you want to get your Beastie Boys album learn all the lyrics right. and you know rap with your buddies it's great it's a nice time anyway I've gone. I've really come back to this album in the last couple of years and man I love it it's great it's like a, a stowaway you know it's like it was like getting a new Beastie Boys record in the, in, cool. in the, in the wake of losing MCA start a Facebook group. just really really stands out nicely first album from TV on the radio um, we've got more Mad Villain we've got Brian Wilson's Smile which is a huge success um, long awaited yeah, and so we're kind of we're a bit all over the place. Uh, the Walkman has their first sort of successful album. Um, that's this, from this above nineteen seventy nine. This is not the Billboard. No, this is just what okay. people liked a lot. Gotcha. This is the is good it? the good reviews. Now, <laughs> lots of rock. Let, let and, me. Uh, yeah. you, don't, you don't see that anymore. No, no, and that's really gone out. Because let's take a look at our top top ten selling albums of two thousand and four. Which you I don't know were these big for people? I don't know who still talks about them. Confessions, Usher, number one album. <laughs> Wasn't my uh, jam. <laughs> um, number two, uh, Speaker Box, The Love Below, Outcast. I had this. Album. Okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And it's 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 it, fine. It's, it's really it's impressive. Big Boy's album holds up better than Andre's, uh, but I don't know as a Outcast. But Andre fan, has a hey yeah. Uh, yeah, Andre Which has hey, he's got the big the single. Biggest, yeah, the yeah, big yeah. Single. Okay. All, all he's going to be cashing royalty checks for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. All the big one. songs were Andre's, but if you're going to go back and re-listen yeah. to that album, I find Big Boys works a little bit better. But his solo career after this point has been quite excellent as well. Um, but the best Outcast album we all know is uh, either Equimini or uh, I'm going to say Equimini. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we have Josh Groban closer. Um, uh, isn't my he mom, actor my now? mom likes that guy. <laughs> yeah, my mom really <laughs> likes him that's too. That's all you have to know. He it's seems, a mom. It's a mom guy. He seems very charming, and he does like things with like James Corden and stuff. He's yeah, very uh, yeah. easygoing and yeah, good he sense seems of like humor. he's got a good Likeable sense of guy. humor. Yeah, he's exactly. have a beer of the guy, but I'm not going to listen to it. He has a right. TV show with t- with Tony Danza now. Oh yeah. 
What? Yeah, it's a cop show. Who's their boss? It looks like it's. It looks like a comedy, and then you're watching it, and it. I guess it's trying to be. I don't. Know, it doesn't. I can't buy Tony Danza as Josh Groban's dad, though. <laughs> no. That doesn't. I don't get it. Oh, that's funny. Diary of Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys, phenomenal talent. That's a great, and that's a good record. Is that, got, is that got Fallen in it, or is this after Fallen? This is, uh, no, is this post Fallen. I think okay. so. Okay. Yes, but uh, she's a, she's very talented. She's yeah, yeah wonderful. Um, Nora Jones feels like home. She sure. won the Juno or the uh, Grammy that year. She, is this the one? I think so. Come yeah. away with me. Right, that right. was the one where, uh, that was where Kanye should yeah. have won. Oh, right, right. I'm going to stop you right there, Jamie. <laughs> 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 that Kanye album was one of the best albums of all time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Kanye no, should, I know. I'm, Kanye just doing my, I'm doing okay. my Taylor Swift uh, oh, Kanye right. thing. Uh-huh. So. Mm. Come um, Keep up with us. Come yeah. on. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, Toby <laughs> Keith, uh, an album called Shockin' Y'all. Oh. And there's a song on this hip album that's sort of a yes. jab at Toby. That's Keith, right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the zone, Britney Spears. I don't know. Uh, no, I think that was what's going on here. Yeah, at this that's point. that's just probably her selling a lot of records on her name. Yeah. But well, is yeah. Toxic before or after this? Uh, I don't know. Date? I, I don't know. But Toxic was a good song. I will. T- I, I always go to that. Just, uh, toxic <laughs> kind of <laughs> impresses <laughs> me because. There are like yeah. four, maybe five distinct hooks in that song. Okay. That you, bro- oh, you break, just pull them apart, you can make five songs out of this. Kind of like Billie Jean. I'm not saying Toxic is Billie Jean, but it has a lot of hooks. There's a lot of thought oh. going on there. It's a production masterpiece. Best pop song since the Ignition remix by R. Kelly. Okay, that, that's a great, <laughs> Toxic is really good. Yeah, it is good. <laughs> it's hooky as hell. That's an earworm for you. Number nine, best-selling album of 2004, The Best of Sheryl Crow. Oh, okay. Greatest hits on there. All right, Many people like those, and then so we'll round out the top ten with. Does me. that have the Kid Rock song on it? Picture. Well, I only can hope so. I'm, I'm sure that was the bonus track. <laughs> I saw Kid Rock in concert, and they had another woman do the uh, Sheryl mm. Crow part. Doesn't seem right. It does not seem <laughs> right. But you know what? I'll say it. Yeah. The picture is. It's a good jam. It's good song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking anything away from uh, from Kid Rock. Oh wait a minute. <laughs> Future president Kid Rock. Has right. it. Yeah, Kid it's Rock. coming. Uh, and the top, uh, the tenth album in our top ten is uh, "When the Sun Goes Down." Kenny Chesney. Who? Kenny Chesney. Kenny oh Chesney. yeah, he's one of those phenomenons. I couldn't name a song. No, no, no. I just he wears that hat real low. That's, <laughs> that's what I know. So we're seeing a bleed of this. Oh, I this. skipped one. I skipped one. Fallen Evanescence. Oh, that was a that very was a, big that a, seller. That had a yeah. monster Wake single. me up. Wake me up tonight. <laughs> where's, that, where's that guy now? But, yeah. <laughs> I thought he was what? in the band. He's, still he's not in the band. He was when, a guest guy. not? No. When 102.1 played that song, you guys turned up the volume, and I know you did. Come on. Mm. The Wake Me Up wasn't bad at first. I was yeah. in love with her. Yeah. Like, I thought yeah. her voice was beautiful. She was beautiful. And somebody said they were like a gospel band or whatever. Oh, I heard really? somebody were a Christian band. And, uh, yeah. I, no, I didn't, uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't fall for this one. <laughs> I was, I was deep. It was a, let's yeah, talk about that. Waist deep in a, in a punk rock hole at this Wake time. Me so up. yeah, Wake no thank you. <laughs> Stay sleeping. Yeah, you sleep right through this, <laughs> right through this whole thing. We'll see you in uh, 2018. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's a a lot of everything happening. You know, uh, yeah, we, really, the, the, country the, the rock revival, the Strokes and White Stripes are already. Um, the backlash is about to come, where people were like, "The Strokes' second album, although it's quite excellent, didn't really it's light the world on fire." Like it better than the first, but but yeah, yeah, you're right, it did not. Just a room on fire. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the White Stripes really have a huge thing with Elephant on their hands, but then nothing really matches that again. No. Well, how can you get bigger than Seven Nation Army in terms well, you of? Well, it's a perfect single. And the indie pop thing is about to take over uh, anything that's guitar based, and that really follows from the Franz Ferdinand lead and uh, 
for everywhere and Arcade Fire starting here, but then obviously becoming a big hit in all of North America. Um, so there's a, a, sh- a shift happening for what's going to be guitar-based acceptable, except for obviously country music. Uh, I feel like country music becomes the new guitar rock. Well, you know, like, sure, to a certain degree, like from a touring perspective. Oh yeah, the biggest I mean, touring act of the of and the it keeps CDs selling for longer than Dixie Chicks. You think they're going to? Yeah. Um, but this was still a CD time period. I was still buying CDs in right. 2004 for sure. Internet uh, was not fast enough to steal. No, no. No. <laughs> no, right. no. It was still hard to do that. And I really hung on to it because I was a collector. I really, I, you know, I liked still having the physical Oh, I was thing. very jealous when we, we recorded downstairs the other night mm. uh, an episode of Greg's other podcast and to see his crates of vinyl. Like, mm. it's just like, man, I think of how many records I bought in multiple formats yeah. and how I would love to be able to bestow them to my children, you yeah. know, and, and just say, or even to just have them like look at them and just go, well, that's, like, what is this? There's going to be a, a, a culture gap. There with, is. With an age group because there isn't going to be as much physical stuff around. Like your kids aren't going to find the books or maybe the books, but not the albums They're gonna and the movies Google and stuff. Google you and then discover your podcast. That's right. right. Oh, my, my dad really had interesting opinions on Britney Spears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he really liked Toxic. Let me go dig up this jam. <laughs> I found so much music because of my parents' record collection. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. The doors for me was eight, and the me it was eight tracks. Yeah. yeah, eight tracks. Yeah, my parents had an eight like track bread. player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of shit. There was one I wasn't allowed to listen to, and it was like dirty comedy. I forget who it was. It was like Richard Pryor. I think, or something Richard, like that. Richard Pryor or George Carlin. Yeah, or, on eight track. Like, imagine if oh, I yeah. still had that. That'd be nice. That'd be cool. Pretty good. No fast forward. But eight track's no horrible. It's like in the middle of the song, they'd stop. Right. Yeah. And then it was yeah, horrible. Push horrible. number four. Yeah, terrible yeah. format. <laughs> um. Yeah. What What were you guys? What were you guys into in two thousand and four? What was Where was your head at musically? What was uh? I was listening to a lot of subversive stuff, a lot of punk and a lot of... What, like what, were you still Bad Brains? Yeah, I still really into Bad Brains and Minor Threat, American hardcore stuff, really into the Misfits, and that's kind of where... Is this when you started, you were like performing a lot as well? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I was in a a punk band at the time, and... uh, or punkish, we, I guess we were. I don't know. Um, you're a screamer, like yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there I mean, you were getting your... <laughs> so much screaming. Out yeah, there. and I was listening to a lot of uh, Mike Patton stuff, like Tomahawk. Amazing. I was super duper into yeah. it at this point because they had released their second album in 2003, and it kind of swallowed my world. Um, and uh, you know, uh, hip hop had kind of modern hip hop, other than Kanye stuff, was kind of boring me. Uh, right. I didn't jump onto the the 50 Cent train. It <laughs> wasn't. I don't know. I just yeah. didn't. I was a tribe called Quest de la Soul public sure. enemy guy, and so I was like, "This, you know, this sucks." Yeah, <laughs> and you know what's funny you say that because I was a big same same got bands basically, but yeah. primarily Public Enemy, oh, and yeah. uh, even to this day, because my son who's sixteen is a mm-hmm. big hip hop head. Like mm-hmm. it's all like this. Even when we just biked, uh, part we were just biking, and he had he's playing out loud as we bike, where he's playing his new J Cole or whatever, and I'm sounding like an old man right now, but it's like it's not this this trap rap thing that's taking yeah. over and stuff. Uh-huh. Like I'm like. Public Enemy, hardcore drum beats, great samples, James Brown samples mm-hmm. and stuff. And he was saying something. Like, I was so politically charged mm-hmm. and smart. Oh, yeah. And I'm like that old man who's like, rap was better in my day. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So rap, rap, I mean, I listen to a lot of rap still. I'll listen to Drake now and stuff. But uh, I still go back to, like, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Of course. You know what I, mean? I want to hear a good beat. I want to yeah. hear, like, a clever beat. And, you know, smart, intelligent, clever rhyming, you know? Like, it can't just, oh. everyone's just the same. Yeah, anyway. You know, I, I think it's funny to hear people talk about how hip hop used to be, and the kids don't do it right now. We sound so much like, um, you know, 
uh, Hendrix fans, you know, damning punk. Yes. Yeah, they can't even play guitar. That's right. That's yeah. right. Can't yeah. even understand what he's saying. Screaming everything. That's <laughs> yeah, the same thing. It's okay. <clears throat> For me, then, this was, 2004 was uh, an entry back into like current music. Yeah. I, I probably spent uh, the better part of the first part of the 21st century checking in with the nineties and getting mm-hmm. caught up on like pavement, silver Jews and a lot of indie rock from the nineties. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden 2004 rolled around and I was, I thought Franz Ferdinand was cool. I thought the Absolutely. killers were cool. I didn't, I didn't love them the way that I loved those other bands, but I was just like, this seems fresh. This yeah. seems sort of new. And there then was I heard a sense Arcade of fresh Fire. again. It was nice. And the arcade fire record just oh, yeah. knocked my fucking yeah, that, that socks was a big, off. Yeah. That, that was a big thing. That was unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it felt so like just new and That's like right. current music felt like it meant something again. Yeah, I saw them live like shortly after, and it was just like mm. they they were able to make that uh, leap as well and take what they were recording on the record mm-hmm. and and perform it live in a fun, like esoteric, like really weird kind of way. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I did kind of come because I spent a lot of the end of the '90s and early aughts like listening to old stuff. As the new is so horrible, the end yeah. of the is, you know, the Limp Biscuit era. That's right. Um, that's right. You know, like that's a, the, the Limp Biscuit stuff and the trap hip hop. That's not like the people who listen to that in in twenty years, they're not going to be like, well, you know, you didn't uh, you didn't rock it like the Biscuit did. You know, these kids don't know what's going on. That's not going to happen. We're all going to pretend it never happened, just like we do now. Um, but I, I started listening to current music again. Like I, I came out of you know, yeah. sort of exploring what I missed in the '90s because I had a big pavement sonic youth push of like, let's get everything I didn't listen to that was happening. You know, anyway. So this was a, a, a turning point into modern music again. It's a good run this time period. Yeah, I think so. Pretty nice yeah. one. Yeah. Um, and I like having that context to look at the hip and what they were up to. Yeah, let's let's talk a bit about the record before we go track by track. Okay, and, sure. Um, in Between Evolution is yeah. obviously the record we're talking about mm-hmm. here. It was produced by Adam Casper, who has like a fantastic resume. Uh, in terms of stuff that he's produced, starting in 1995, a, cu- a couple of smaller bands, Truly by Fast Story, Seaweed, Span Away, but then Soundgarden, Down on the Upside. Not my favorite record, but... No, but a big album. and Big uh, record, right? To, to all of a sudden... It, and it's a better revisit than you think it's going to be. Yeah. I didn't like it at the time, but I like it more. Wait, now. is that the one with Spoonman on it? Or no, no. No, that's the one after. Yeah. 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 Right. It's, it's pr- the pretty new. Pretty Noose is the big hit. That's right. And uh, Burden in My Hand. Burden yeah, yeah. in My Hand. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Foo Fighters, There's Nothing Le- Nothing Left to Lose. The Watchmen, Silent Radar. Uh, you produce One by One by Foo Fighters. Songs for the Deaf by Queens of the Stone. Okay, wait, stop. Yeah. One of my favorite albums of all time still. Yeah. Is, oh, yeah. That's amazing. It's devastating. Songs, songs for the Deaf? Yes, yeah. and I even like the uh, fake radio interstitial yeah, stuff. It's great. Like, and yeah, it's yeah. I, I mean, that album, like, and I revisited it recently, and I'm like, it holds up. It was yeah. great. I even was playing it like an NHL uh, uh, video game in which uh, there was a couple of jams from that album like were part of the soundtrack or whatever. And like, I got nothing, but that, that album's one of the great albums of all time. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think it's yeah. one of the best rock we, albums. Yeah. We talked about get. it on the last... Uh, the last episode, it, it it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what he produced right before he produced... Well, sorry, he did Riot Act, which, yeah, eh, hit, hit, or, hit or miss by Pearl Jam, but mm. a, a big band, right? Mm-hmm. Massive uh, band. He would have had a nice budget to work with. Yeah. And then he then he produces In Between Evolution right. by The Tragical Hip, mm-hmm. and then he continues wow. to do Pearl Jam, Eddie Vedder, Soundgarden. Well, they got the right guy. Uh, yeah, Leading into like where they... Because this is a, a bit of a rocker, this album. Um, this is a big-time rocker. Yeah. 
Um, I just want to point out the uh, cover art. You have it listed here, which is great because I was going to bring it up. Uh, it was designed by Cameron Tomset, a Canadian artist from Kingston. Oh, I, that's cool. I know him. You do? Yeah. He used to be a regular at the bar venue I used to manage. Uh, he was f- close friends with the promoter that we had in-house. And that's Cam amazing. would come in a lot. And yeah, he's a wonderful artist and terrific guy. It's a, it's a, it's a stand. It's not my favorite Tragic Hip album cover, I won't say. That's okay. Um, I think the color scheme is is strange, but mm. it's definitely standout. Like oh, yeah, there's yeah. a lot going on there, and I don't know what it is. No, I like this one, and this one is, is I like the vinyl resurgence that's going on too, because now I can get these albums on vinyl. This one looks great uh, as a vinyl piece. Oh, when you can have the larger image to hold and yeah, of course, appreciate yeah. while you uh, listen to the album. So and and, and from it. 2004, the tail end of when album art actually mattered. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what album art looks like anymore. No, no, everything's it's a digital. Thumb, it's a thumbnail on my Spotify. I like this album because I'm still buying discs, but now I'm only buying discs from my favorite bands. Like, I right. used to buy a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. You should see the stuff I was buying in the early 90s. Like, <laughs> I hear one song on Edge on 102, and I'm like, I got to get that album. I got to pick that up. Uh, now I'm only picking up albums from like bands I truly love, and I love the Tragically Hip, and I bought this album, and it's the tail end. And, and nowadays I don't know what album art's looking like or not, mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of sad. No, I mean I was looking the other day on my iTunes, and they used to even have a thing on iTunes where you could blow it up and make it the size of the screen, but right. they they don't have that anymore, even in even in iTunes. So it's yeah. like. It's a forgotten thing. It's totally still, It's still in play because the vinyl is still happening and uh, sales are still great, which is good. But only that's a only some genres. Not everyone needs to put out a vinyl, you know. It's because uh, no one cares. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so there is some some care taken to it. But uh, you know, uh, it is over. The whole looking at things, looking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. physical things. Uh, they were great. Boo. They were great. Anyway. So should we go track by track? Sure, why not? Let's get uh, right into it. Let's dive in. Okay. with heaven is a better place today which is a great little rocker it's just just on its face when you don't think about context of lyric or anything like that it's just got a sweet pace kicks the album off it's a great driving song it is it is hard and fast mm-hmm. uh there's very little intro it's it's just you know the drop right into it drop right into it mm-hmm. um it's interesting like from a mix perspective gord is like mixed way down in the mm-hmm. in the in the mix you really hear you know the guitars like right oh, yeah. up front, yeah. And um, I think that that's a more aggressive a great drum beat than we're used Absolutely. to. Absolutely, it really just, informs what we're about to get. Great. Just great. Um, and it's so it's a it's a heavier hitting song, a heavier hitting album, and it's also the most uh, on its face 
um, clearly political album. Yeah, I would say so. There's yeah. just a lot of stuff. It's like he doesn't hide it as much as he normally would if he's talking about something specific. And there's a lot happening in the world at this point. This is, you know, again, post 9-11. And there's a lot of things to talk about. But this song in particular does not really talk about that so much. I mean, you can apply it to, uh, um, you know, the wars started the year before. That's 2003. right. Um, but this is very clearly uh, to do with Dan Snyder. That's right. Yes. Um, Atlanta Thrasher's. A uh, hockey player who died in a car accident with Danny Heatley. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a big news story for Canadians, for hockey fans, uh, and uh, I think is right at home for something the hip to, for the hip to talk about. I think it's a wonderful tribute uh, to Snyder. You would you would wish for a tribute like this, yeah? You know, it's nice. so great, yeah. That's a great jam. And it opens up a little like uh, got a bit of a Tom Petty American girl. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Great. That's how yeah, I hear yeah. it. It's a great tone. Yeah, and yeah. even in, because uh, Last Night by The Strokes oh, I was just, yeah, yeah. is also borrowing from the Very the heavily borrowing this American jam too. Girl. And uh, it's it's just a rocker. Like it's just a great, this is just a great single. Like, mm-hmm. and you're right, that whole added element where it's about a, this such a sad hockey story. Like, like this is what the what I love about the hip when they write, you know, when, when Gord, the poet, is writing these, these lyrics and these stories, uh, it really is like, it really, he really knows how to, like, reach out to guys like Canadian guys like me and mm-hmm. kind of uh, affect us. Like, this song had great lyrics, great music, just a great lead single for, uh, for yeah, In Between sure. Evolution. Um, and there's all the, the the lyrics are all uh, peppered with things that people say at funerals. Oh, my God. The one I have underscore, uh, underlined is... Um, don't say people lose people all the time anymore. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, that kills my God. Me. It gets that, that's me every just time. so bang on. Yeah. Right? And I did, there is a lot. There's a, a great many moments on this album that deal with loss and change in a really nice way. And when the news came out uh, about Gord being ill, this was the album I immediately went to. Because you guys did it on the show. Yeah. Which is, which is where I ended up writing you the yeah. email. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you guys did it on the show, which is where I ended up writing the email, yeah. which spawned the show That's because right. you made me listen to this record yeah. from listening to that show, and I hadn't really given it the time of day when it came out. A lot of people didn't. It no. didn't. Well, the problem is the, it didn't have a big hit. No. Vaccination why, why do scar. I remember? I remember Vaccination Scar being a big hit. Like maybe the stations I was listening yeah, to. Yeah, maybe, but it didn't. Uh, it was, but it didn't transcend the way. It didn't transcend the way even um, the darkest one, or, the darkest one, or yeah, uh, it's a good it's life good if you don't weaken. Mm-hmm. Did right? Those that was sort of the last, you know, big mainstream record as far as album sales go. This one did like thirty five thousand in the first week or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, like, this it, this hit number one right away and then yeah, dropped and then dropped significantly. That's right. Because um, I I like Vaccination Star. We'll get there and talk about that song, sure. but I don't think it's a lead single. I don't think that's how you represent this album on your you know first taste. Um, but this opening uh, song Heaven is a Better Place Today has that whole uh, if and when you get in the end zone act like you've been there a thousand times before which mm-hmm. I just just love that yeah it's great it, and he somehow manages to pull all these you know sports uh, colloquialisms and just like standard things you throw out cliches, cliches and make yeah. them emotionally <laughs> resonate to, to have to, to go with a little football end zone comment to roll into and don't say people lose people all the time anymore. Yeah. It's really 
kind of shocks you back to it and, and it puts a different spin and perspective on these things. And it is so great for drawing emotion out of maybe the not comfortable with emotion type. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. And we'll, we can do it through sports sometimes. It's some, somehow the best way to break through to somebody. And it's a nice way to help grieve, too. Um, I love this song. I love it, love it, love it so, so much. Um, and I want to jump to track two because it makes sense what I'm talking about. I feel like Summer's Killing Us, track two. Why is this not the lead single off of this album? The summer existence praises. The summer existence praises. The summer lives here and it's praises. Come on up and we'll get something to show you. Wanna show you. song it's a yep. great driving song it's a it's got a great hooky chorus it's got that sing 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 all day like, oh yeah, my it's god totally yeah. hooky yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, what? um <laughs> summer's killing us what a great fun uh playful tune that I, I i wonder frequently what he's talking about at different times just like a classic hip song um <laughs> yeah and amazing, I, amazing there's this great like there's work. this sort of um, sort of bragging little vibe to it that i love you know that, that this this chorus is going to do you like the dishes like that's so <laughs> awesome and confident <laughs> and to swing swing into like this almost I don't know, sarcastic, you know, summer's killing us. It's just sing, sing, sing all day. Can you believe it? <laughs> and I, I picture them on the road, like, how, you know, I just, I, I feel like, you know, it's almost like this wonderful, like a, uh, the, the other side of uh, it's a good like life if you don't weaken. That coming from uh, an expression used to describe life on the road. And this is the other side of life on the road where, hey, man, we have the best life because all we do is sing all day. And it's, oh, that is great. Summer is just guiding us there. Uh, it's just a wonderful summer song. I was speed when I listened to this the, uh, this little track here. It go, the volume goes up. I speed a little bit. I'm oh, sorry. On his bicycle. On my bicycle. <laughs> no, my, my thoughts. My thoughts speed. I, don't, I drive very safely. <laughs> the idea of mm. this being the flip side of it's a good life if you don't weaken is a really interesting way to think about this song. Oh. And uh, if, if you don't stop the podcast right now and yeah. listen to both of these songs back to back, you're a fool. You're a damn fool, I tell you. <laughs> because there is something to that. The idea of being on the road and we just sing, sing, sing all day. That is really, really good. And I'm just basically highlighting what you just oh, said. Okay. But it's that's great. Fine, yeah. Yeah, Great. Well, hey, man, summer exists in its praises. I'm going to pile on and say, I concur with both of you. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Very good. Yes, yes. Um, well, because that's fine, because we should probably get to track three anyway, because I feel like we'll talk about it a lot. There's quite a bit happening. In this is an interesting Gus. track. This was also mm-hmm. a single. 
Doesn't yeah. feel doesn't feel like a single to well, me. Well, I feel like it does. I feel this is this is another one that falls under songs uh, uh, by the hip that. Get, just reading the title before hearing the song, I feel like I'm not going to like it. This is on your list. This, this is, is on, on your my list. Yeah, Gus the playlist. Polar Bear from Central Park feels like a song I'm not going to like when I read that title. I'm like, oh, but then I hear it and I'm like, oh, this is one of my favorite songs ever by this band. Gus, yes, polar bear in uh, Central in Park. In Central Park, um, and Gus was uh, well, had been a nice, entertaining bear for the people for a long period of time. And suddenly, was withdrawn, and um, and they, they figured he was depressed. That's right. They brought in psychiatrists, and and they learned that that the bear was de- was the thousand pound bear was depressed and not ready to. Show off for yeah. the people. Yeah. Well, sure. And then uh, the song suggests, you know, what's, what's troubling us? Is it because no one's afraid of him anymore? You know, nothing goes quiet. Uh, and uh, his, 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 his mystique as a giant, powerful bear is only stolen from That's right. Uh, and he's changed his Now, if we're going to then substitute, uh, which is, I think is quite clear here, to substitute, I think it's almost beckoned towards you to do it. Substitute the name Gus for George W. Bush, uh, and it becomes very clear. Uh, very, what we're very politicized. Um, and uh, we're looking at the United States in this time period, which is a really strange, strange time. I mean, you could feel, we can feel the echoes of that change today, where fear becomes a huge tool. Yeah, absolutely, a huge tool. Uh, and they would have been writing this in 2003, leading up to the election, right? right? Sure. Writing and performing on the road. Absolutely. Yeah, this is the end of... Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. And I will say, sorry, yeah, uh, it makes you a nostalgic for the days when we were so angry at George W. Bush. And uh, now we just wish he'd come back. <laughs> come take over. Please. Yeah. Just do some Perspective is everything, my friend. Indeed. Um, yeah, it was, but it was it was a scary time. Uh, and I was a, we looked at the States and sort of a little bit there was this shift in how they were. The mere mention of the mere mention of the name used to be enough to make every bird stop singing. Is that what's troubling you, Gus? No one is afraid enough. That's, that's wonderful. Really wonderful. Um, it's a perfectly written song. Uh, it's, it's thoughtful. Uh, it brings a lot to the table. But the melody is amazing. It's a great riff. Nice, nice. Bounce back up, you know, Dave Gilmore esque solo again at the end of his song to really guide this thing out. It's this wonderful sort of melancholy sadness of the song solo at the end, which is a great way to, to top the song off. There's no, there's no answer here, which is, I think, obviously unnecessary uh, and just a beautiful, beautiful solo. 
Well, there's only three songs on this entire record that are over three minutes and thirty seconds. Yeah, and this one cruises. And this along. is this is one of them. Yeah. And it, but it's only four minutes long. Well, it's, yeah, it's only four minutes, but it's a minute of solo. Now, my memories when I picked up this disc and spun it as I did for every hip album since up to here mm-hmm. is uh, I remember it starts Heaven is a Better Place Today wow great single and then uh, Summer's Killing Us were fantastic and initially initially I remember being disappointed by Gus mm. it didn't it sounded a bit silly in some maybe the whole the lyrical idea of the, the polar bear from Central Park mm-hmm. something about it uh, I didn't care for it. like I would I would skip ahead to the next track. I remember, distinctly remember I'd go ahead to Vaccination Scar, which right. was the radio single I was hearing all over. I don't know 102 or wherever I was listening. Mm. And uh, over time, this song Gus the Polar Bear from Central Park grew on me. Like it was a slow burn, and then it got me. And yeah, it's one of my favorite songs in the album today. But that oh, was, wow. wasn't initially the case. Nice. Like I really sort of yeah, it was a grower. It was a grower. Uh, and initially, I didn't care for it. Huh. Cool. Well, it is a challenging song. Well, they definitely, I mean, okay. And, it, so you, and you're having like a banger and a banger, and then this really drops the, the, uh, the tempo oh, yeah, for a while. It's, and it's then got like a mud, vaccination star. It's got a very Seattle bassy groove. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Like that, that muddy. It's a good grungy. one to watch live. The, 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 there's a heaviness to this song live mm-hmm. that isn't in the, they played the, the studio shit recording. out of it. Yeah. Live. They yeah. played this song the most. Of any song on this record, they played it 56 times hmm. on right? this tour, hmm. and mm-hmm. it wasn't even close. I think the next song from this record was like 45 times or something like that. Right. So they and they put it on that great cop record. Yeah, yep. listen, because it, so, it's a good song. If I'm, yeah. if I'm in the band and we wrote this song, I'd be like, play this fucking song because <laughs> it is amazing. <laughs> yeah, we did a very good thing here, and they did. And it's a shame that uh, it wasn't a, maybe a bigger single because it, I think it is. It's a wonderful commentary, a thoughtful perspective on politics of the time without being heavy this should handy. have been the second single you know what i mean sure. like you, you come out with a with a banger to start and then make us think and then your your third single is your sure. is your slower track you could right? have just released four singles in the it could have been the first four songs on the album. remember you know in what? that, in that feel, order i feel like you've got a whole bunch of canadians looking for another new orleans is sinking like i sure. feel of the hip and then you hit him with gus the polar bear from central park whatever it's it's so different like it's mm-hmm. not a easy i don't think it's an I, I think i know you guys love it we all love the hip that's part of the the bias we all bring to the table here right, right? so but i don't think it's an easy to uh embrace song no uh, and i think that's why even me as a i was a diehard hip fan like i was a huge fan uh, i saw them every time they came to town and uh i had uh I, I, I struggled to embrace gus mm-hmm. yeah i know that's all right that's you, why you invited me here you needed yeah, that yeah. point no, yeah. counterpoint Right. Well, I think <laughs> someone someone was hoping we would argue more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Let's go, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's jump into track four, okay. the first single from the record, mm. "Vaccination Scar."
great song. I feel like I'm down on it here, but it's just because I didn't think it was the right song to have as your uh, lead-off single. A lot of fun to sing. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot of fun to oh, sing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a great chorus. Really smooth. Yes. A really smooth chorus. It's got a nice uh, glide to it. Uh, and a cool video. There's a, And the video is nice. Never seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah. It's a little more artistic uh, All right. than, than typical, especially, especially after the videos for uh, uh, In Violet Light, which were kind of standard fare. Not right. Nothing, there's performance. Not in and... a poor way, but yeah, performance yeah. video or here's the trailer park boys because yeah. we love them. And uh, Silver Jet is just a, I think it's like, we spent the money <laughs> uh, for the videos. So this one's uh, at the concert hall or something. <laughs> now, you guys are way cooler than I am. I've already learned this from, you're a Fugazi guy. I can tell, like, this is a cool uh, crowd. Yeah, I'm yeah. Here, right? okay, so. Stop. <laughs> so, uh, I will say that, um, that uh, me, when I hear a song, because I was listening, this is 2004. I'm listening mm-hmm. to a lot of terrestrial radio. It's right. funny to say that now. Like I now listen to a little right. bit of Metro Morning and, and podcast. Fan 590, and then it's all yeah. podcasts and streaming and stuff. <laughs> but I was listening to a lot of radio, and so I, I mentioned this, and uh, I know we're a, a national podcast here, but in Toronto there's a station called 102.1, and in 2004 that was my go-to station still. Uh-huh. And they, like I said, they were playing a lot of vaccination scar, and I've always been. And I don't know, this humanizes me or makes me just a regular Joe, that when I hear a song a lot on the radio, I start to love it. Like, it's sure. like you know what I mean? Yep. So Vaccination Scar, which got high rotation, the mm-hmm. new hip single, they played the mess out of this. Mm-hmm. And I would sing along to it. And it like I just loved Vaccination Scar because of... I, I heard it so often. I was just a big fan. Like it had a big head start because I was listening to so much terrestrial radio. Right, right. In 2004. I bet you that on 102.1, that was the first song they played with slide guitar since like the Stone Roses. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> very strange to think of a slide guitar on, on 102.1 The Edge, but oh, it works. It works so well. I think I wrote, I wrote beside it that I think Vaccination Scar would be so at home on road apples i think this would fit beautifully on that record um and that's not a slight because i think road apples is a great record uh it it it, it's hearkening back to those days of you know the the rock and roll and um Oh my God! It's Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder Woman. Hey, look at my god! Oh, I thought that the the Weezer logo. It's got a Wonder Woman shirt. My daughter's gonna sit with me very. Um, and you know, this so yeah, slide guitar might be a thing that people don't recognize anymore. But also, a vaccination scar is something that a lot of people aren't gonna know what the hell that is. Okay, Mike, do you have a vaccination scar? I don't think I have one. I don't have one either. Yeah. So we must yeah. be just after. Just, we must just be just after, after right? But yeah. my cousin. Who's 70, I've seen them 76. on lots of people. You see yeah. them on their like sleeveless shirts or something. You see the vaccinations. She's 1976 yeah. and she has one. Yeah, yeah. interesting. So, so yeah. Maybe it depends. It looks like a little. If you don't know what it is, it looks like a little cigarette burn. Yeah, or like a cigar burn rather. It's a big, yeah. nice round. Yeah. my mom's got one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it looks intense. Yeah, it's a forgotten thing. It's, it's over now. We don't have those anymore. No, but... and it's funny how you and I same age, uh, as we discovered earlier. Uh, no vaccinations. That's guy. right. Did yeah. You got one? No, no. I'm younger than you two. <laughs>
good. Oh, it's I just really want to say good. that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to swear to do it because <laughs> it, it, it requires swearing, uh, this song. Because, uh, listen, fuck this and fuck that. Uh, I love this song. Yeah, this song this is a great just song. crushes me. What a hook. What a wonderful sense of lyricism. What an energy. What a pace. Uh, a riff. Everything about this song just, uh, it's so bright and perfect. I agree. Perfect rock song. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, continue. No, no. no it's uh, <laughs> a swear-worthy song. It and, is, uh, it is. Again, this is a really strong album. Like, I mean... Going into it as a hip fan, you're totally satisfied by this album. Like, yeah. and it feels like an album you think some of those hip fans who left maybe after I don't know uh, Day for Night or something. Yeah. Just, just, like, it feels like uh, they'd like this. Like you yeah. want, you know, I, I hey, think you, the same thing. <laughs> the frat boy who was all over the fully completely through or whatever. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, I know you love Courage, but come, come listen to this because yeah, yeah. they're still they're still kicking ass in yeah. 2004. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a. Uh... Mike, you were talking earlier about Toby Keith, and mm-hmm. this is this is apparently one of the ones that is directed right at Mr. Keith. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is lore, and there is lore on either side of the coin that the Tragically Hit played a country music festival in Nashville, mm-hmm. and they got booed off the stage after two songs with people screaming, you know, fuck you and get out of here and all this kind of malarkey, and apparently they never played another another show in Nashville after that. Yeah. I know they didn't play another show in Nashville um, on this tour and the next tour, but I didn't go and I didn't go and do all the research for all the tours afterwards, but it was like the next two, they didn't. Yeah. But there's a tragically hit band that says that that is, this is, this all comes from the hit museum. There's a tragically hit fan that comes out and says that that is BS. She was at the show. They played a regular set. Mm -hmm. They weren't warmly, uh, greeted, but they were, but they did their, you know, they didn't walk off the stage. Yeah, and she even talked to them yeah. backstage afterwards. And I've heard that very thing too, despite yeah. the rumor of the, you know, being well, hellish and out they go. But uh, still, yeah, not warmly received though. And Toby Keith, uh, yeah, he was a kind of like a, an intense Trump supporter of today, who uh, Trump could do no wrong. Same kind of thing with George W. He was like, no, 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 the president is infallible. That's all. That's what I have written down. Beside in my little notes, that I think this song is more important now than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea of the diplomat who is, who in our in our generation, we were brought up to think that politicians are maybe not infallible, but mm-hmm. there there's a respect level. There is a sure. there's this sort of decorum that goes with, you know, high level jobs. And this is the you know the diplomat that says fuck this and fuck that, and and that seems very Trumpian. Mm-hmm. You know, that seems very of today and that's frightening and awful and all the rest of it yeah um yeah this song is not a fan of uh, divisive nationalism uh but what a chorus <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, and what a, crea- what a creative way to do a chorus the one uh, with but, its la la ooh yeah the chorus it can't be national every night which is the, your lead into the chorus and yep. so it can't be national every night with its la 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 ohs woes and yes that's <laughs> that's your chorus that is i love the audacity of that that's so fantastic and that is. bizarre and not a thing that people do no because uh, that is Gord, but Gord making something work that doesn't seem like it should work uh, once again that is sort of um or like, H- hitting hitting the music city, you know, below the belt a little bit, right? Like yeah. it's like the music city is mm-hmm. is is highly regarded, and 
the idea to, to distill it down to just this place yeah. where it's la-la-la's, you know it's got its la la la's yeah yes. that's, that's great that so is. that's is that a shot on on Toby Keith is that because uh, mm. I couldn't name a Toby Keith song absolutely put a gun not. to my head no I mean, no no, no. So is, <laughs> okay you might have to at some point so. <laughs> Uh, and uh, to work in autodidact as a uh, that's great in a, in a song once again he, he sticks words in and they're like did you like when, I, when you open up a dictionary just, listening just, to a rock and roll song yeah. it's weird yeah, just, and that's what I did today yeah <laughs> I did it's, it's like someone who's self-taught right is that's that what it what is, is. That's, yeah okay yeah, um, self-taught person. <laughs> oh, look at that! Nice. Um, but again, it's like to, to, he sings a, a word that I usually will uh, f- concentrate a little bit harder right before I say it to make sure I say it. Correctly. That's right. And it takes, I steal myself before saying autodidact. And he took it on the road. Yeah, there you go. Sing it every night. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, what a what is what a song. What a and this is a band. Uh, I love the second half of their career so so much and. Uh, I was kind of like just gung ho right into them again with this album because you could feel a band. I, we were talking about this the other night, like tr- still trying really hard. They're yeah. really putting the work into it, and it, like they could just coast now. You know, it could just be like they could lesser, tour every summer production. Yeah, they could tour every summer. Just play the hits. They could be like Journey. You know, that's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. They could exactly do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think this is the last. They do the uh, hyponymous uh, greatest right hits after, after this, this right? yeah. So remind me, how far away are we from World Container? Uh, that's the next. Is that the next? Well, okay, because yeah. I still think that's the song. And I know I should come back for World Container. <laughs> In View oh. is like the most the most pop song, catchy like yeah. radio hit single ready oh, hip song ever. For right? yeah. <laughs> ahead of ourselves, that shouldn't here. come now. Like, like, like that shouldn't be but that. This late is a, this the is a, you're right though. Your point is valid. That this this part of the hip career, I really do think they've shed a lot of those frat boy guys who just wanted to go oh, yeah. and listen to whatever uh, Fifty Mission Cap or uh, yeah. you know they've shed all those guys or they kind of kind of kind of got into day for night or whatever and then post and i know uh uh music at work was a big hit or whatever but mm-hmm. kind of there onwards now you've got sort of like the music fans the hip fans now you've got sort of the the, the true appreciators of the craft if right. you will like you yeah, shed well, the, those, the, uh, the work has become more thoughtful sort of like uh, pro jam kind of like pro jam at a similar it's a very similar career like line. no code would be your moment where now like yeah, no they, code they, oh it's a bit neil youngish or like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. We, we want uh yeah, we want one even flow yeah, yeah. <laughs> we want a lot you have to lean into these records a, a little more you have to put in some work yeah. it's not just spoon fed to you you know but it's you get rewarded if you do put in the work because we have the double whammy of the the great music with the fascinating lyrics because he's our national poet Gore mm-hmm. Downey so mm-hmm. fantastic album anyways yeah uh, and we get our first true tone change Kill it, throw it away. Don't you document. 
they're so known for New Orleans is sinking, mm-hmm. and for them to to have two songs in their catalog, well, even I, though they have a big catalog, yeah. I think it's I think it's clever to do it though, you know. Like, it has to be intentional. Like, there's yeah, no yeah. way this is a coincidence. Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> absolutely. Um, and from what I've read, um, the the reference in it, and if New Orleans is beat, what does that mean for the rest of us? Basically, um, there was a uh, having been to New Orleans a number of times. There was this uh, a shop or a coffee shop or something that Gord was a big fan of, and he would kind of talk it up when they were in there and like brought some friends down to this place, and it was gone. It had been replaced by some other, you know forward-thinking <laughs> corporation. Who knows? Sure. Right? And so, it's a Starbucks now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. A Starbucks <laughs> or maybe it's an, an Apple store. Um, and so his feeling was because it, there's an authenticity to, to New Orleans and a you know uh, an individuality to New Orleans. It's, it's different than the rest of America in a That's lot of right. ways. But if, it, if New Orleans was losing its character, then what does that mean? For the rest of us. Oh, that's good. Yeah, right? You know, yeah. and so he was seeing that shop gone. He was like, well, then what does that mean for you and me? <laughs> and this is pre Katrina, right? Because yeah. Katrina's yeah. 05, right? That's right, right. Yeah, right. right, right. Interesting. Um, which, yeah, I think this song maybe would have a, a, a stronger resonance for people now after Katrina. Um, I, love the, I love the lyric. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it's about, but I just love the idea that your smile is fading a bit, so I ration it and try not to think about it. Oh, boy, that's, that's so, oh, that's yeah. so Our wonderful. national poet, my brothers, mm-hmm. this is, this Gordon, I mean, we're, I mean, we're, we're one year removed from his uh, sad passing. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the guy more and more every day because of this, there's no one else like him. No, no, no. We're, we're never going to get to We don't have a replacement waiting no. in the wings. No, there's no. only one Gord Downey. <sighs> it's a shame. Um, and uh, and to write in this sort of context, and it's because it, it, it doesn't have to be New Orleans that you're specifically thinking about here. You can look at any place that's changed or lost its character over time, and that's where you try not to think about it. You know, like when I walk down Queen West and think about the '90s or when I was a teenager, like that's a different world. Yeah. Even Kensington Market, that's a this is very Toronto stuff here. But if you had anything in your city, like uh, Queen Street West, when I was 17 and running around trying to find a, a, a cultured identity for myself was a great place to go because there was music, there was art. Queen Street was really, well, like what Kensington was before it turned into what it is now. There was a nice little shift where all that stuff got flattened out and we lost its character. But Queen Street was music, it was art, it was fashion. It was a little bit dangerous. You could still feel the, the pogo, the punk movement of uh, Toronto uh, hanging about, you know, lurking at the corners of Queen and Bathurst and Spadina, that stretch there. It had a lot of life to it, and now it's the Eaton Center outside. Yeah, it's you know? very different. It's super different. Even uh, Queen West West, which was like, you know, where it got pushed to, is yeah. like it's is not, not this. It's, no, no, it's no, not, not this, at all. That, that whole thing is over with now. That's right. You can't really find it anymore. You know, we jumped around from a couple different neighborhoods, and I thought Kensington would hold because Kensington was nothing but dive bars and, and resale stores, but nope. <laughs> That came for that too. Um, I still, but I still like the vibe of Kensington. I don't but, mind but it, but you're right. <laughs> you can it's, eat you well know? there, which yeah. is weird because I wouldn't have recommended eating in Kensington in the nineties. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, unless you're not too concerned about. <laughs> Come things. to Parkdale. We still have some character left. Yeah, yeah. Parkdale's all right, and well, Parkdale got it gained a different type of character, which is great because I lived in Parkdale when it was. Uh, what do you call that? A shithole? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in a real bad time. I was time. born at uh, St. Joe's there. Oh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice uh, establishment. I lived at the corner of Queen and Jameson in 1999. Oh. Yeah. 
which it's still not a great corner, but it was a really bad corner then. Anyway, um, <laughs> but that, I guess Parkdale and, and that area is our, our last bit, but it's, it'll go too. We were, uh, yeah, Parkdale Junction people for a long time. So the Junction's nice. That's a change. Oh, the the Junction's great. Oh, yeah. I love the Junction. It's a nice uh, real aesthetic song with Junction in it. <laughs> junction Final Ball, anyone? No? Great song. Nope, not. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans beat. It's a great, wonderful, sad uh, uh, lamentation of uh, the changing tides of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, clearly. That's my button us, on the end of that one. It got us uh, wistfully mm. thinking back, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's a good, it's it's great for painful nostalgia. Um, you're, you're everywhere. There's a lot you can dissect and throw at this song. Uh, On its face, it's a great, uh, maybe a a great one where you throw your uh, respect and admiration to your partner uh, or uh, someone uh, you deeply care about who's that thing that's always there that keeps you uh, in check with your temper and and your uh, lonely moments. Um, I think that's the first way I thought of it. But then I started to think of, you know, uh, is this about death you know and are we dealing with when you're thinking about someone who's everywhere that you whose presence you desire uh, when you start to when you lose someone in your life and you start to see them everywhere or in the things you know you wish you could experience with them you know and they're everywhere for that or in the way you think of maybe you're a grandmother or a parent that you've lost when you're losing your temper and like if they are looking at me is this how I want to be seen and then you start to think about it as like, well, what else is everywhere when we're losing our temper and in our, in our most vulnerable moments? But media and uh, around-the-clock news cycles. That's right. Yeah, that's all there. There's still a lot to think about in this song, and I don't know which. It depends on my mood. Well, there's a quote from Robbie Baker where he talks about them recording this in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And he says that they were definitely, because somebody asked them about this being a politically charged record, and he was like, it had no choice but to be mm-hmm. because we recorded it in Seattle. And we were just enveloped in the 24-hour news cycle of America, and the media is everywhere. Yeah. You're everywhere. Right. And um, I don't think that... Gord is never that like on the nose, mm-hmm. but nevertheless, you know, there, there's, something, there's something to that. Yeah, oh, 100%. And I mean, it's hard to... Once you kind of think of the media thing, it's hard to go back anywhere else. But I'll... Oh, I don't know. I always kind of take the romanticism of that chorus. I just love it deeply. I think oh, it's the, the, the how emphatically he. It's a great hook. 
his cadence uh, and punctuation of his voice in this chorus for uh, when I reel my Irish in, yes. when I sleep in the night. Oh, oh my God, the way he hits those words is so beautiful. And then the, 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 uh, the, the pullback for his shadows uh, is really, it's really nice. It's just great, great, great delivery that you can't... Uh, can't really get anywhere else. It's so, no. this really hits in perfect moments. The the ebb and flow of this song, really nice. So um, we had our nice dip with New Orleans, but we just ramp right back up here because this one really cruises along and uh, it, it just maintains this album. It's a big rocker for me. I just love this song. Yeah, when I reel my Irish in, boy, that's a thing, isn't that's it? That's a great. Thing. That's really something. What a great way to describe your temper. <laughs> You say that this is a, you know, it's a rocker, and it is, mm-hmm. but it's certainly not as big a rocker as the next track. Definitely lots of hooks in this song. Yeah. Catchy D. A lot of these songs in this album catch yourself singing in the shower. Oh, yeah. This is definitely a Scrubs of Back song, for sure. Um, Like a sing-along chorus. Mm -hmm. Great backing vocals. The gang vocal on this is huge. It's really cool. (laughs) There's this... This album, I think, jumps back into having little things like there's such great little uh, highlight moments and so many words and lyrics that people are really kind of hanging on to and like, lean into, and there's that little moment with that perfect cap, you know, it's like the great car chase in the movie, because there's that moment that you kind of identify with the song, and there's just something about like, the, the delivery of, uh, here's where I slowly close my eyes and say, I'm too drunk for this, I'm too <laughs> drunk for this, I, I'm boys, that, that's a, such a great way to lean into the chorus. Um, yeah, I love the first two the first two lines of the, the first two lines of the song. Um, uh, you do the combat math. I'm the war artist. Uh, and obviously, I'm not singing it like I'm not saying it like he sings it, but just that dichotomy there of combat math and then war artist. You know, and this is again we're, we're going into um, the Middle East at this point. America is going into the Middle East. And there's the 24-hour news cycle where we're watching people blow up shit on yeah. TV like it's a video game. Yeah, the war show. And it's 
really weird. Like, I I just remember thinking, I, I remember the early 90s when they were lobbing scuds. This was much more strange because you could see buildings explode and listen to people talking about what they were doing. And it was really off-putting. Mm-hmm. But the idea of a war, a war artist, you know, really fascinating stuff. Yeah, um, I, it's, it's strange to get this much straightforward political commentary from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's great, and it's a it's a shame it wasn't a, an album that you know made it into the states as many of them obviously all are. But this is a you know might have. Uh, and something to think about or a soothing thing to listen to for our friends in America. Um, yeah, what a wonderful tune. Where are you on this one, Mike? Do you think this album was designed to break into the States? Like, uh, I think they stopped trying to do that. Yeah. I think that went away, which made me think it might happen. <laughs> I feel like, well, now they'll do because they're not trying you know like. that's the story I hear from lots of Canadian musicians that we know and love and mm-hmm. they talk about you know trying to break in the states and how it just does from the, you know from the sky diggers to Sloan or whatever there's a lot there's a long list of these bands mm-hmm. but the hip I always I mean when I look back to up to here like I, I personally don't understand like why for example some of these hits from up to here like New Orleans is sinking for example mm-hmm. like, how is that not a massive hit in the USA at that time? Like, I actually, yeah. so much of it has to do with like uh, your representation from your record company sure. and the, the pseudo payola that was in effect uh, at the time, as I mm-hmm. learned, and uh, just just the deck is stacked against you. Yeah, and the quality of your song isn't enough. Right? No, it's simply bizarre isn't. to appreciate. But, but then you, it becomes confusing because there's such a long string of big hit worthy songs that you can hear like like ahead by a century and yeah there's a lot Bob Gage and like yeah. these are songs that have immediate but uh, maybe one week from, uh, from Bare Naked Ladies will go to yeah, number one on the Billboard know, Hot 100 what in the sweet fucking <laughs> <laughs> I always like <laughs> I don't for, I don't, for me it feels like that they, happened I was <laughs> like what come on <laughs> number one yeah for me it feels one. like they had to have, they had to have actively been trying to ignore this band. Yeah. Like, there's it no was, way yeah. they... Because we wanted it so bad. They're like, yeah. no. They went on Something, SNL. Yeah, well, they, that's it. And and I almost wonder, when they went on SNL, they played two songs from their current album, right? Mm-hmm. They did, was it Grace 2 and yeah. Nautical Disaster? Is that yeah. two, right? Big moment for us, hip fans, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, Dan Aykroyd introduces them. But I always think... What if they did like New Orleans is sinking mm-hmm. and like what if they just played already, I don't know Encourage or I don't know something mm-hmm. like it's more palatable because Grace Two and Nautical Disaster are sort of uh, esoteric. What's the word I'm looking for? They're very deep thinking. They're kind of they're not uh, pop songs. No, no. Especially Nautical Disaster. What a gorgeous song. Yeah, yeah. There's right. not even like a verse chorus verse thing that you know no. you can kind of chew into. Yeah. Like what if they <laughs> no chorus and nothing rhymes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It just kind of goes, and I know this because I'll kick out the jams and I'll fade down kind of uh, after the chorus or whatever. But yeah. in Nautical Disaster, you can't do it. There's no place to actually fade down. No. It, it doesn't no. work that way. It's like stream of consciousness. But I always think, okay, this is your moment. You're on SNL, maybe. But they're kind of like they have too much integrity. I yeah, think no. like they're like, going to no, play this their. Is who we are, and yeah. so there you go. Oh, so it's, it's so strange to me that 
my favorite band of all time is of very little interest to the vast majority of Americans. Like, it's just so bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And th- but I say, say, Lowest of the Low is another band I really like. Like, I really oh, yeah, like Shakespeare in my butt, right? Yeah. And they're, you know, they can go to Buffalo because they were listening to 102 in Toronto <laughs> yeah, right. in Buffalo. But they can't, they can't get people to come out in Chicago, for example. And it's just some of these things I just don't understand. That's why no, I'm not in the business. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. <laughs> but this, I always wonder if this hip, because there's a lot of American references. Like, like, so many American city names. Like, even in, t- like, it just seems like an album, like maybe they were trying to get some US airplay with this one, because it's very catchy. It's a straight up. They had a big producer. Yeah. Big who, producer, who, who right? Knows? And they keep yeah. referencing, they keep referencing, whether it be Nashville or New Orleans. Like, they mm-hmm. keep referencing. So they almost sound, if you didn't know better, you could you could you could sell these guys as an American band, you know? What oh, I mean? sure, sure, yeah, yeah. You know, there's not a lot. There's no Tom Thompson paddling by no. in this song. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Which great great Amazing. reference, Tom Thompson. We need more Tom Thompson references in our popular music. <laughs> be, I did a whole episode great. on Tom Thompson. But I will say this. Yeah, and Central Park. Just go. Yeah. Bug. He's from Central Park. He's not from, you know, the High Park Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Riverdale Farm. Yeah. Riverdale Farm, that's right. <laughs> Gus the Rooster from Riverdale Farm. <laughs> All right. Uh, going back to previous records, you were talking about uh, Road Apples. To me, Mean Streak mm-hmm. oh, has, a, has a beginning that's that feels nice so throwback. like locked in the trunk of a car. But that's um, from uh, fully completely. It, yeah, it's from okay. fully completely. Okay. Okay. No, but I, I just mean like in terms of a throwback. Oh, like right. there's a lot to this record that is like an homage to what they were doing because it is so hard rocking thing. This is very straight ahead rock and roll. stuff like I like to document like how many kilometers I bike in a year mm-hmm. uh, for example every time I saw the hip and uh, you know you talk to some people and say oh so I saw the hip 13 times and to some people that's a lot and to some people they laugh at me like oh I saw them <laughs> 6,000 times what do you mean 13 times but I document I have a in fact it's online on my website torontomike.com I actually document the, the frequency of the songs they play like so I can say oh look they right. played this song 12 times and I, they played the song every time you know uh, but what I will say is that Mean Streak, and I, I, I got to double check, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure uh, I've never heard this song live. Mean sure. Streak, like it's not a, 
maybe during the tour for In Between Evolution, they might have pulled it out, maybe not. Right. But it's not a song they 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 played. Right. Mean Streak live. Well, some things are like a, of a tempo that doesn't it doesn't really work live. Um, Where do you fit it in? Like yeah, yeah. And what's going to kill the room? Right. Yeah, you want either just, we're going to heat for, you know, swing for a lot of intensity, or we want an emotional landing. That's right. You know, some of these mid-tempo songs just kind of kill the momentum of a yeah. live show. Remember, That's a good point. Uh, but, I'm, but I'm with you 100%. I would have loved, I never saw it live either. Uh, I've seen them 19 times. See, uh-huh. you beat me. <laughs> I beat you by three. But you must have left Toronto to do that. Did you uh, see them outside of the GTA? Because the furthest I went was Barry. Okay, saw Buffalo, them Buffalo once. Only once. Time, okay. But, yeah. but, but uh, <laughs> same thing. So many people are like, 19 times, junior, you know? like. Oh, and at one point, I thought I was like the biggest tragically offended on earth. <laughs> sure, you know? sure. I think at some point you might have been. Yeah, there are some yeah. hip fans who will see them 19 times on a single tour. On a single tour. They'll mm-hmm. travel across yeah, the so country. Or go to them? Europe and see them in like Copenhagen, yeah, for yeah. example. Ooh. <laughs> one oh, night. See one what night. I did there? Yeah, that's pretty good. That's very good. So many cities in this album. Very good. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to open a... Yeah. Long slice beer. Oh, they're very good. Delicious. <laughs> I've been slice. enjoying my long slice uh, beer as well. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> so the heart of the melt. Is then you get to go one like that. You get to go. Ah, it's crispy. Mm. Long slice. <laughs> uh, the heart of the melt. Strange title. Yeah. No, is this make does this make your list of weird title songs? Uh, no, because I like there could be a thing to it, you know. Okay. Or maybe we'll have sort of like a nautical disaster kind sure, of like okay. disaster story. You or it know, could or, be about uh, a sandwich. That's maybe. what I can't. Sure, yeah, I yeah. can't see melt and not think about like processed cheese. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, I think of like uh, I think of climate change. Oh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But that hey, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> There's me and there's you. Heart of the Melt. Uh, this song rocks. This yeah. is definitely a jump up and down, 
again, you want to hear this one live. You want to see Gord gutting this one out. Mm-hmm. This comes from Battle of the Nudes in a big way. Big time. Oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. it, it's just got that gotta roll. Yeah. Almost punkish, right? Yeah, this, like is there's, the, there's, this, is, this is one of their punkier moments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't find a, a political stream to this too much. I, no. I, I, I haven't dissected it deeply, but uh, the necessary energy of this song in the back end of an album is uh, impressive and necessary uh, to keep momentum flying. And this is a, I don't, if they, I don't know if they played this one live. I've never seen I've never seen this it. live yeah, either. It's sort yeah. of a, these later tracks. But again, this album, I feel like this album doesn't really get, of all, even, even with the back end of the career, when we're in phase two here, I feel like this album of all of them gets the least amount of attention, which I find bananas. Because um, it's such a yeah, deep, be right. huge yeah. favorite yeah. of mine. I love yeah. this record. And because the two Bob Rock yeah. records are like big because they're Bob Rock, and sure. one is sort of campfire, and one is sort of big time rock and roll. Exactly. Yeah. This one. This is the redheaded stepchild. Of yeah, the yeah, yeah. But I think one of their very, very best, and this is just a great kick-ass rock song. And because I feel like this should have brought back maybe some of the. Uh, the fans who were like, yeah, they're too weird now, you know. It's like, yeah, because well, no, this is very not. straight up, you know. Yeah, straight up rock stuff. I mean, yeah. and, and shout out to the heart of the melt for the uh, Joni Mitchell shout out. Yeah, right. Great. A little bit of blue in there. Yeah, yeah. 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 very nice. Cool. And their punkiest song, they're talking about Joni Mitchell. That's so cool. And it also references a, a telephone booth, uh, which is something we'll be explaining uh, to our kids. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at some yeah. point. Yeah. Although, what's a quarter? once in a while I spot one here and there. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Strange. I take a photo to remember these things. <laughs> so my great-grandkids look, we had these phone booths because we didn't all have mobile devices. Yeah, yeah. They'll be like, what's a phone? There's Period. a, <laughs> I saw a phone booth down at, uh, like, uh, I guess maybe Dundas and uh, somewhere Westish, um, you know, like by the art or, gallery. Yeah. No, no, it was, it was like Jarvis and uh, Dundas and Jarvis or something like that. I See, that's it. what East Enders call West. Yeah, yeah. I Jarvis. was gonna say, right? Jarvis is West. Right. Oh, you're yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah. Not West at all. Well, uh, Dundas is one of those streets. It goes all the way near me. Yeah, that's right. It turns. It goes north. It goes it all kinds crazy of stuff. Street. Yeah, down at like Dundas and Jarvis, there's a, a, a payphone, and I, I was driving past. I was looking at. It, I'm like, like that's so strange to still be here. And I was looking at it. And I'm like, there isn't a single, you know, like. I'm just checking in. Phone call that happens on that payphone. Just call to say I'm safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if, if you're on that phone, shit's gone down. Yeah, or something illegal is being planned. One night in Copenhagen. This has a, a, a series of those like hang your hat on it lyric moments. I went a lot of yeah. nice, some of the really quality swearing on this album. There is. I have a lot More of time. More swearing for it. than most records, I would <laughs> say. Right? Most of his yeah. records, for sure. Yeah. But uh, the, 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 the wonderful venom in his voice for uh, you talentless fuck, good yeah, fucking right. luck, good fucking luck. <laughs> oh my god. There's so much swearing here, but I think Gord's fired up. He's, he's, this is a. a, a a bit of a finger pointer record. It's got some aggression, some flexing going on, and then you sometimes, sometimes you don't need to swear. Sometimes you need to swear, 
Yeah. I appreciate that it's there. He picks and his it's spots. Never, it's never used recklessly. Gratuitously. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nicely done. It's, it's necessary. I'm just it's looking great. at the words, and it's like, God, you, you know, you said you said earlier that we're recording this like three or four days before the anniversary of Gordon's death, and... God, it's like there's no bench. There's no bench. Like, who is the heir apparent? Um, this this is just a wonderful poem, you know? But the music that the band created to take this poem to the next level is is really, really good. This this is a this is a great song. There's a backstory, right? This is uh, the band was uh, having some like internal turmoil. Like there's difficulties within the band. Like when I when I uh, see footage from the final tour, the final tragic tour, and I see how close they all are. They had that kiss on the mouth before yeah. every show and everything. Yeah. And you see it. You see it in the documentary about the last Kingston show, uh, long time running. Uh, I always think back to one night in Copenhagen. Like this seems like a moment where they like they they can either kind of break up. I feel mm-hmm. like this is a moment where they could have broke up or they could come together as a family. And uh, we know what path they chose, and mm-hmm. we're all better off. For well, it. it's interesting because. So, Battle of the News had just come out. The next year, Strippers Union comes out. Mm-hmm. The year after that, Paul Langlois' solo record comes out. Mm-hmm. So it's like the genie is out of the bottle. Like these guys are go- are are realizing that they've got the desire to do more than you know record a record. Fucking every two years. So yeah. even that wasn't enough. Um, yeah. A lot of you know, a lot of artists will go solo. Like a, an Eddie Vedder will release a solo record because Pearl Jam takes six or seven years to come out with a record. You sure. know, like to get the guys they're, they're together, still pumping things out. Like yeah. it's a really active band. But but these guys are recording a record every two years, and they're still doing solo projects. Yeah, yeah. That's well, bonkers. you maybe want to get your voice heard. You know, but perhaps it was Darkens and Gord's Shadow. It could have been. You know, I guess uh, so. And then he gets more and more out there with the solo stuff. So. But we're all richer for the music, and if you can get, if you can move past it, if you can become better writers, or even in the strife, write great music, maybe that's a lot of the the the, the flex of this album is can come from uh, interpersonal relations and struggling. You know, a band fight is sometimes a great thing. They were still great on stage, etc. And then Gord wrote this somehow about uh, about the the band as like a family unit, which kind of ties in nicely to the next jam, I think. Right, right. But, uh, side of that coin this song I, I kind of feel like it is and like I've always with that line in uh, uh, in Copenhagen um, which I've always been drawn to the imagery of it the most it's the most cinematic line uh, 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 and here it begins quits you at a payphone in the snow mm. what a wonderful imagery that is and thoughtful it's such a, a lonely place 
like mm-hmm. and to anyone who's ever had something end over a phone <laughs> of any kind of uh, um, meaning to them um it's, it's so when the when the call is over everything is it's just it's so cold and to be standing in snow somewhere in the middle you can just see it and it's so destitute and it's uh, it, the, the loneliness is overwhelming and so to swing over to something are we family or what the uh, puzzle's pulling apart and here's the scene you're yelling calmly down the street are we family like are you at the same payphone? yeah you know interesting yeah, yeah. Calmly down the street. Wow. Um, but there's a, there's such a warmth to this, and I and I feel the family of it. Oh, I love yeah, there the, is I there love the melody of the song. If I may say, this is a gorgeous song. Like this, yeah. Uh, absolutely, oh, yeah. it's beautiful song. And again, like most Gordowney songs, uh, you could write an essay. Like if I, I was an English major at U of T, and I'm like you could write an essay on like the lyrical. Mm-hmm. Like what is he saying here? And even like the tribal jury to the Pakistani teen, and like just these these. These are uh, these are deep lyrics that are, they mean something, uh, and I like it when songs mean something. You know, mm-hmm. there's substance there. Yeah, and it's great. And I like uh, there's so much you can apply to your own feelings or impressions. You know, it's so open. It isn't something that's really even the songs that are political on here. They don't need to be political to you. Right. They can be anything. Gus can mean a lot of stuff. Sure. You know? Yeah. And the same thing here. Um, yeah, it's a. I don't know how the the, the consistency of the writing, how it stays so high or continues to. Improve. It doesn't make sense. Where so you find the, the drive to continue to challenge yourself that much. The same thing with this band. Like this shouldn't this late into the career. Yeah, this is their ninth or tenth record. The effort record, right? is. Yeah, I mean the effort is enormous. <laughs> enormous and it, stay, it stays there it never there's no like well let's please let's just lean in the blues and for those of you out there who have said <laughs> that we like the we like the records too much that's the reason we're doing this podcast yeah no, there's not a lot of bands that have this kind of run where there isn't a weak album yeah you know like bob dylan doesn't have this run and you know there's some crap man <laughs> you know so, this is a special band uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, no one the stones don't have a run like this you no. know uh u2 certainly doesn't you know like everyone kind of had that point where the creative creativity either dried up or they became too bloated on their own whatever or they tried too hard to do whatever was popular at the moment Right, and that's why this works too, because this is it fits a bit with like what we've just come out of with the Strokes here, and like you know, talking about the Tom Petty influence right at the top of the album. And that, that, there was a lot of that need, you know. There's a there was a, you know, the music listeners really broke out their jean jacket at, again in this time period, and this fits with that really nicely. It's a great jean jacket album, um, but it's still not doing what everyone else is doing right now. No. They're, they're writing for themselves. Uh, first and foremost and if the fans take it they do and they did some and some didn't but it didn't matter that's how you maintain your uh, I don't know it maintains your creative license I think when you don't write for other people and you only write for yourself you're going to eventually please people with that yeah, particularly your family <laughs> What? It's, it's not like the the Rolling Stones who release a new album as like an excuse to tour, right? Right, they, right. You know, they're gonna go play their their hot rock stuff yeah, yeah. or whatever. And this I'm, one's the best in some girls. <laughs> <laughs> That's their thing. Every single album, like every hip album to the end. Yeah. Uh, every hip album, uh, like a true craft, like it was a work of art mm-hmm. by yep. Canada's greatest uh, artists. One hundred, in my humble opinion. One hundred percent. The only personal anecdote I have on this. On this song is the lyric about um, 
the crookedest street. Mm-hmm. And when I worked at Apple in Cupertino, we went to San Francisco uh, a bunch of times. And I think the street is Lombard Street, I think. And Lombard Street is insane. You can't drive down it now. Um, it is absolutely bonkers how crooked it is like how you have to go left and right nuts and when he talks about oh gosh i mean i i i I guess he really doesn't get into too many details about the crookedest street sure but it just reminded it reminded me of that sure it reminded me of my of my trip to san francisco so so another another american city reference because he's definitely that's Mm -hmm. definitely san francisco but it's the second reference to the crookedest street on the album right because in mean streak where is it here? Uh, dun, dun, dun. Come whistling down the crookedest street. That's in Mean Streak. So there's oh, two, wow. two crookedest street mm-hmm. references mm-hmm. in this album. Huh. So San Francisco is on Gord's mind. Anyway. Yeah, and he's got the uh, SF song on, on right. Coke Machine Clothes. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, but that's Gord. a great thing where one line, a small line, can paint such a huge picture for you of uh, a memory. You know, like there's so much comes out of these individual that's lines. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so we wrap up the record with the beautiful I'm giving it away I'm tipping my hand yes please fans people <laughs> listeners yes I like this song it's Goodnight Josephine yes great song I remember a girl on her cell phone surrounded by her friends eyes flickering she's trying to smother a smile in her hands is it someone for us Someone more worry free, someone who can say, leave the worrying about him to me, Josephine. I remember you there in the last phase of light at diplomacies and eyes flickering and crying. I find this song kind of uh, strikes another another artist comes to mind to me that I, when I, I hear a lot of comparisons when people try to explain to Americans or people not from Canada why we like the hip so much or what they're like because they're kind of hard to describe like well, you know they're not just like a rock band that doesn't make sense no but uh, I hear I've heard the REM thing more than once and, yeah you and need I, to combine bands to describe the hip to Americans you got to yeah. combine I would throw these three maybe okay okay yeah, REM yeah. for yes. sure uh-huh. Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. And the third one, maybe like a Bruce Springsteen. Absolutely. And I was just going to say, this is the Springsteen song on this album. Because it sounds oh, like, wow. not not Born to Run era Springsteen, but this sounds like um, post-Lucky Town. Okay. Human Touch Springsteen. Um, so a little bit, you know, when he started to get the E Street Band back together. We talked a bit about his return That's to right. the yeah, prominence of the Rising, yeah. right? Um, and there's just something about it. This is a story song. We put a name on it, make it, you know, a kind of a fictional person to, uh, to to fill in all these voids of an emotional story. And there's such a great, a very cinematic song. Uh, where you start with the, the the girl on her cell phone trying to hide her smile with her hand. It's it's a, it's such a great universal image that we all can appreciate and understand either how you feel seeing that or how you feel being that person. And that's 
great. Josephine's mysterious and, and relatable. That's a wonderful little touch. Do we have a sense of who Josephine is or who she who she is a metaphor for? Oh, I don't know. I think that's that's for the individual, you know? Like, yeah, uh, that's or, fair. Or it's a moment, you know? Uh, it's maybe it's many people, which is uh, all right, too. And I always like songs like this. Like, Leonard Cohen has, like, So Long, Marianne and things. I like the mm-hmm. songs with the woman's name in it. When you meet somebody with that name, you can yeah. sing the song to, like, Suzanne. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I worked with this American named Suzanne, and I start singing, like, uh, Leonard Cohen, Suzanne. It's just yeah. it's just neat. I have a Josephine across the street, so I have a song for uh, her. Nice. Yeah, my wife's name is Athena, and there's a Who song with that title, but it sucks. It's, like, <laughs> that's, yeah, it's not that's a singable, you know. <laughs> hey, uh, hmm. Plus, it's weird to do the uh, windmill arm yeah, yeah. guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not in the good era of the Who. It's an 80s Who. So like the three records. It's right, a the 80s Who. Yeah, the 80s right. Who. No one cares for it. Um, and this song, it sounds like it's going to be a ballad to like end us out here. Because Are We Family almost feels like the end of something, right? But yep. this is the slides in at the end and just reminds you one more time, like, ah, it's a fucking rock and roll record. It doesn't get like crazy big, but it's, no, got, it's got spring it's scene bigness. Big, but, I feel but like it's a little anthemic. It's gonna, his vocal mm, work mm-hmm. on this one is like, he is giving her. He is absolutely giving her at the end. And it's lovely. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so lovely. Good mm-hmm. night, good night. You know, like, yeah. I can't bring it justice at all but it's so good it's more poetry man in your eyes deepest ravines i mean come on like uh, wb yates be damned we should be studying gourd in the uh... well look at this um uh but honey i'd walk into your painting until i reappeared as a speck of comet tail dust a blue green northern light flickering just in your eyes deepest ravines good night good night josephine Worthy of uh, quirks oh. and quarks. Wow. <laughs> oh, right. I, I try not to just read off the lyrics and, no. and, and, and revel in them, but that is a just a piece of work right there. There's a lot you can do. There's oh a lot you can do. God, that's just lovely. Just, what is that noise? That is a weird noise. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I had some tacos for lunch. <laughs> These mics so, are so amazing, they pick up everything. That's right. Yeah, Even yeah. your stomach uh, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. growling. So that is the last track on this record. Yeah. Uh, there are three bonus songs that they gave out to the hip club mm-hmm. um, that we don't that we're not going to cover today. We might talk about them on a future episode. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're interested in having us talk about them, let us know mm-hmm. at Foley Podcast or on the Facebook group or whatever. Yeah. But that's the record as they designed it to be, and mm-hmm. that's what we're going to we'll talk, talk about today. Yeah. So later, later, there will be an episode where we talk about all the bones. Yeah, it's so be wonderful. At the end of every record, we usually take home a song, yeah. Mike. We we call it like a pocket song, and we're creating a playlist of them. And typically, we ask our guests to bring a top ten list, and I totally forgot to do that for you. Mm-hmm. I can't believe so. I won't put you on the spot and make you name your top ten tragical hip songs right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need but a if, little advance warning yeah, for that one. Yeah, Although yeah. Fiddler's, Green would be, Fiddler's Green would be number one, I'd say. Would it be number one? Okay, and maybe uh, his cover of Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so from, good. Uh, yeah. So good. Stunning. Saint Ralph. Yeah. So. For me, but well, we do have to pick a one track. We, we do have one, to pick one track to put on our playlist here. Yeah. So where, where are you, Mister Legro? I don't know, man. I have a You're hard struggling, time. eh? Yeah, I mean, Gus is. Uh, I, I kind of want to say Gus, but I kind of want to say Summer's Killing Us really bad too. Oh wow! It's such a. I think it's such a great moment for this uh, album. But I, then I also, I'm gonna just. Uh, 
I'm going to go in the other direction and I'm going to say it's uh, uh, can't be in Nashville every night. I think I'm landing oh, that's there. A, that's a, just, I, I think that song's a, That's a wonderful song. It's got a different texture and tone than a, a lot of stuff in this time period from them. And I just, there's something about it. I really, if I was going to play a track for somebody like, you don't know this band, check this out. This is quite. Oh good. God. See, and I that's, think I think, I'm going there. I think I'm that's go where there. we started with this. Like this should be the song that gets you into the band. But I know, but then it becomes what's your emotional deviated. favorite. You that's know? right. Because then I always want to say you're everywhere. But I'm, I'm going to say Nashville. I'm going to go with Nashville. So for me, I think I've got way too many last songs mm. on my list. Mm. Way too many last songs. But I'm going to add to it again, and I'm going to put Goodnight Josephine as nice. my song. I just nice. love his vocal work. Yeah, I too. love the build. I love everything about this song. Yeah. The lyric, the poetry, it's, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. Yeah. Mike, we didn't ask you to do a top 10 list. You Thank want you. me to pick uh, a song from this album? Yeah. Sure. What would be the song? There's a lot of contenders here, uh, a lot of honorary mentions, uh, some good choice I ever heard. But I'm actually going to pick Are We Family. Nice. That's a good song. Mic sure. drop. Mike. Sorry, I owe you for a new mic. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Well, that wraps up another episode of the show. Mm-hmm. Mike, we really want to thank you for joining us. Before we leave you, though, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you on the interwebs? Oh, for sure. So, so you guys have another half an hour? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, on Twitter, mm-hmm. at Toronto Mike. Toronto Mike. And uh, I have a blog where all the action's happening. That's uh, torontomike.com. And I urge people in fact there's going to be an episode uh, soon uh, maybe featuring both of you definitely jamie mm-hmm. there's going to be an episode uh and i'm going to release it for the the anniversary of gord's passing that's part of toronto miked so subscribe to toronto miked at torontomike.com slash podcast oh, i could keep going but i think they'll figure out how to <laughs> find me if they, want, if they want to find me they're going to figure it out the yeah. blog definitely is a good place to go because you're going to get access to basically everything you do um you, you post pretty much everything it's a there's there's an engaged group of people there that are that are out to talk and they want to talk about the stuff that you're talking about and that's great and i think that um yeah i think uh we we want to thank you for coming out and Absolutely. joining us and talking yes. about the tragically up today mm-hmm. Very beautiful nice. day. It's a beautiful day. It was worth the bike ride east of Young <laughs> to discuss my favorite band of all time. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, that's all we got for you today, everybody. Yeah. As always, pick up your shit. Fully and Completely is a modern superior podcast, proudly sponsored by Long Slice Brewery. To rate, review, or subscribe to the show, visit Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, or anywhere else you get podcasts. For more information about the show, our guests, or Jamie and Greg, please visit www.fullyincompletely.ca. To join our Facebook group, visit Facebook and search for Fully Incompletely. This episode has been brought to you by the Modern Superior Podcast Network.